So today I wanted to talk about food. And uh, here in Canada, they're working on the new Canadian food guide. And the, new Can- and the food guide is this document that the government puts out that um, tells us uh, how to live a healthy life, how to eat healthily. And it also is what sets up minimum, re- minimum requirements for institutional kitchens and things of this nature. It also um, guides our food industry in regards to what's appropriate. Now, this food guide, uh, some of the history was it came out of uh, the World Wars when what happened was they were doing the draft and they found that there were a lot of malnourished Canadians out there, Canadians who weren't eating appropriately. And so they created this food guide to teach people how to eat appropriately, um, you know, early last century. So what this food guide became, however, was uh, not just a way to uh, think about food and, and guide you in making the appropriate choices, but it became this document that um, uh, our industry and our uh, uh, institutions um, utilize and with which to make sure that they're giving the Canadian Canadians the, the, what they need. And so hospitals use the food guide, daycares use the food guide, um, the military uses the food guide, so on and so forth. The problem with the food guide is that it's not a nutritional document. It's a political document. It's created by <coughs> the politicians of the day or the, uh, you know, um, the Ministry of Health, uh, but it's created through lobby. And so um, one of the big ones this year was they were going to drop, and I don't know if what the end result's going to be because I don't believe it's been resu- released yet. And if it has, I haven't seen it yet. But one of the things they were talking about doing was dropping the juice. Uh, so one of the things was it used to be you could have juice as one of your servings of fruit. The problem with that is as a very high glycemic index it's basically just fructose you're eating and no fibers none of the good things that come along with the fruit when you're just drinking fruit juice and so the juice lobby believe it or not there's such a thing orange juice apple juice so on and cranberry juice so on and so forth the juice lobby um, is pushing the government to keep juice in as a fruit alternative in no way is juice an alternative to fruit but that's the argument they're having right now it's kind of like in the u.s um the and i don't know how whether or not this is still the case i believe it is but their school food programs could use tomato paste on pizza as a vegetable or pizza as was considered a vegetable because of the tomato paste. That's what it was. How insane is that? But it's, again, it has nothing to do with nutrition. It has to do with who has the best lobbyists in Ottawa or Washington. Um, so don't listen to the food guide. That's my first piece of advice is the food guide is uh, not a reliable document with which to lead your life. Why? Because it's starch heavy. It actually is really good for industrial food companies. You know, your Nabisco's or your Nestle and your uh, Mars and your big guys like that. Because it helps them 
justify the crap food they give you. They can say, well, it fits within the Canada Food Guide. Yeah. Doesn't fit within a healthy diet, though. So, and also, I guess the other one is the sugar lobby has had uh, a great uh, amount of power over the years. And it's going to take a long time for the sugar lobby to lose that power. Um, their lobby power with lobbying power within government. And so the food guide is not something you should ever actually, it's an interesting document. It might have some interesting or positive things for you, but overall it's a political document to get you to change behaviors to accommodate industry. It has nothing to do with nutrition. So what do we recommend? Fresh foods, simple fresh foods. Uh, what do we recommend? I recommend. See, I'm in an industry where I do pet food for a living. That's what I do is I, I retail pet food. Um, as an organization, we've chosen not to um, work with large industry as much as possible. Some of the things we can't get away with working with industry, especially around treats and stuff, is people demand treats um but we still have our rules, right? You know, in, in our store, no wheat, corn, or soy, because those are inappropriate ingredients for pets. And uh, best we can manage, no ingredients from China. And why? Because in 2007, China proved to be the, a, a very unreliable supplier of pet food. And they harmed many, many thousands of animals across North America with a, uh, a pet ingredient uh, or an ingredient that you, they used to bump up falsely the protein content of the foods that they were selling. That's what started our store, was that. And so that's why we have that rule. Now, here, uh, what we've done is essentially we don't listen to industry within our store. We listen to our common sense. So fresh foods make sense. The less processing, the better. The uh, fresher, the better. The simpler, the better, right? And so what we don't do is what uh, uh, the medical profession of the pet industry does, which is give it all over to all all the responsibility for nutrition over to uh, industry. And um, I got to say, in my life, I stopped listening to Nestle, Mars, and uh, Paul Mollive or um, Colgate or any of those guys um, about nutrition uh, many years ago in my life because uh, they do not offer good advice that way. But we have a whole medical industry around pets who do offer advice based on the advice of, um, you know, uh, of Nestle. I just think that's crazy to me. It doesn't make sense to me that they would trust that industry hasn't skewed the results of what they're telling that uh, population to eat in order to facilitate quarterly profits over nutrition. I don't mean to go in on about uh, my the pet stuff on this. I actually don't like to talk about pet stuff on this. I like to separate my talks on scurvy dogs, curmudgeonly rants to uh, human food, but I use it as an example of uh, why you can't trust the Canada Food Guide. So what can you do? Fresh foods, same as your pets. Um, uh, With humans, low glycemic index foods. That's actually true of pets as well. Why? Because the more insulin it takes for, for your pancreas to create, to digest that meal, the harder it is on your body. The lower the insulin response to the foods that you eat, the healthier the outcomes for your body. It's really simple, that's basic science. I mean, I don't know 
a nutritionist who would disagree with that. And yet, they're going to recommend a high-carb, low-fat um, diet for the most part nowadays. And that's because industry has skewed the actual necessity of eating right as a human. Now, what I mean is eating right as a human, we should probably be eating a moderate amount of protein, a moderate amount of fats, and lots of greens. Um, that, that's a low glycemic index, a good source of energy through the fat, and moderate protein so that we don't go uh, uh, into sugar burning mode, which is what most of us live in, where we're burning glucose instead of ketones. We should be burning ketones at some point throughout every day of our lives. Uh, it doesn't mean you're going into, uh, you know, the kind of ketosis that a uh, diabetic goes in um, when you, uh, when they have eaten incorrectly. It's the good kind. There's more than one, just like there's more than one type of carbohydrate, simple and complex, uh, there's more than one type of ketosis. And there is a type of ketosis that is healthy. And so, ultimately, I'm not saying you should go on a keto diet, but I'm saying you should be on a low glycemic index diet enough that occasionally throughout every day, while in between meals, you're going to burning ketones instead of glucose because it's more efficient for your body. Uh, glucose is rocket fuel. Stay away from the rocket fuel. Now, I'm going to talk about my challenges around this. I live in the modern world. Starch is so easy to come by. It's cheap, it's affordable, it's delicious, and it's wrong. And I'm addicted, and I have a hard time with this. And I'm constantly fighting with myself to not eat the cheap, tasty, sweet foods. Because my body wants those things, because my body, over two and a half million years of evolution, has been taught the sweet is good. But sweet is generally, in the wild, very short-lived. We have a, a, a short season where sweet is even available, and we would gorge ourselves probably uh, when, you know, all the fruits were available. So ultimately, I guess, you know, use your common sense, learn a little bit about the glycemic index, um, and it can help you tremendously should you need help or feel you need help eating correctly. Um, glycemic index is really where you need to pu put the majority of your focus there uh, and keep it as low glycemic index as possible. Uh, you want some good fibers in there for the bacteria in your gut to be healthy. Um, you want some, you do want some fruits and stuff. So that's why I say you can't be on in ketosis all the time because you will have times where you eat sugars, but they should be sugars that come along with the fibers and everything else that come that you eat uh, with a piece of fruit, not what you eat with a, in a juice box, which is just pure sugar. Uh, I've ranted enough about this. Uh, I think this is one of my longest ones, maybe because it's one of my biggest challenges in life, eating right. And um, yeah, I'd love to hear your commentary. Uh, yeah, you have something to say, let me know. I'd love to hear it. Cheers.